You're listening to Borderline Idealists. Join us every other Sunday for new episodes where we focus on anxiety, depression, and BPD. Log on to BorderlineIdealist.com for past episodes, blog posts, and our Patreon link to support us. Together, we can give a voice to those who suffer from mental illness and tear down mental health stigma. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Borderline Idealist. This is Chris. And this is AJ. And this is a very special episode for us because we get to sit down and talk to a special author that mm-hmm. reached out to us. His name is Zach, and we'll let him introduce himself in a bit. Get to have a conversation about depression. He actually wrote a book. The name of his book is the Official Depression Relief Playbook. And, well, like, I don't want to go too much into it, but I'm very excited to talk about it because, you know, it made me laugh, made me cry. Um, and, <laughs> but it's just it's such an inspirational book. Yes. So we hope you enjoy this conversation that we are about to have. Yeah, and, I, um, and if you are interested in the book, it is on Amazon, and we'll have the link in the show notes. I really encourage you to check it out. I, it, it says everything that I would like to write in a book one day. <laughs> if I could just sit down and just focus. Without further ado, we'd like to introduce Zach. Zach, is there, um, just go on and introduce yourself and let us know anything you want us to know, and let's get this conversation started. So, my name's Zach, um, and uh, well, first off, before we get into it, I just want to say I'm like super stoked and honored to be on this show, and I'm like, it sounds weird because I don't know you guys, but I'm like really proud of what you guys are doing, especially in the whole, I mean, obviously you talk about, you know, depression and anxiety, but you don't really hear a whole lot about uh, borderline personality disorder, and that's really cool you guys are kind of giving that a um especially in black males (laughs) black males with borderline personality disorder that's rare (laughs) that is rare and you're you're really you're you know you're giving it a deep dive which is a really cool thing to uh hear i guess more accurately Mm -hmm. than say but um so yeah so it's like super stoked and honored to be here and i'm like uh, i'm just really happy when i see other people fighting a good fight so you know, it's really cool. And I know it's not your day job, which I shouldn't get into me. This isn't my day job either. Um, the, the reason I'm here is because I wrote a book and I'm essentially, you know, giving it away because it's not my career. It's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's as cheap as I can make it on, as they would let me on Amazon. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, my profession, I do, I have a master's degree in video production and I, uh, and, you know, I had, I put a couple of shows on the air in Philly and I was, I'm a musician. I was, popping around doing things like that but then covid like my friend said was kind of like uh, shaking the leaves off of the tree and it was like well what do you really want to do and i would think back to these times i had which you know listening to you guys honestly kind of helped me make the decision um so i'm actually looking i'm applying right now to grad school again to uh, go to become a therapist so (laughs) congratulations not yet yes thanks thanks I think I think not yet, so. I think I saw in the book that you had some um, like a couple of certifications or something for like oh. physical therapists. Um, uh, well, I'm a, I'm a personal trainer, oh, personal and trainer. a certified personal trainer, and mm-hmm. uh, um, a fitness nutrition specialist. And I also do um, I'm a certified brain trainer through the fitness. I'm sorry, through the Functional Aging Institute. But I actually 
that's asterisk asterisk because I haven't had a chance to use it because I got that during COVID mm. and I oh. you have to kind of meet yeah you have to meet with people for that one yeah so I haven't done that yet but I've done the other two well maybe um, in two you know, years I've been doing that for a while <laughs> yeah oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, Zach wrote this really amazing book I I feel like um, I can I can definitely relate to it um, I was telling him it made me laugh uh, it made me cry. Um, basically because it, it, it made me bust out laughing. It was just one sentence. Um, it was just like, and I think it was like, and again, um, please learn from this. Please listen to me. And I'm just like, <laughs> it made me laugh because it, it sounds as if, um, I mean, your book is great, but it sounds like a, uh, like a, a parent trying to tell a kid something like, oh, whatever, whatever. I don't care. You know, like that. And you're like, please, please listen to me. It's going to be, just do this. And like, what? Whatever. You know, like, and that's what yeah, I, that's well, what I felt like. And you that, were talking that's about. That's kind of the book essentially as that, as a book to, you know, addressing 18 year old me. Mm. And I just, I tried to really tap into that because that's what mm. I say is my peak, or I guess you could say the deepest valley, however you want to look at it. Um, what happened was, you know, looking back now, I can tell that now I can tell things just kind of weren't right throughout, you know, some moments in my, especially early teen years and even, mm -hmm. you know, middle teen years. But the summer after high school, my best friend was killed. So that was when it really started to spiral out of control. Those few years there were the, they mm -hmm. were deep, deep. Mm -hmm. And, um, in my kind of slow journey back to real life, or however you want to call it, uh, my slow recovery, I kind of went through these different flavors is the best way I can describe it. And I feel like um, their version of, of depression could be in any one of these flavors. So I'm trying to address all of it. Um, yeah, that's... I. And, Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Just when you said the flavors, I was like, ooh, I like that. Do you remember me telling yes. you about that? I was just like, ooh, the different flavors of depression. <laughs> <laughs> he might be on to something. Speaking of flavors, I don't know when this will get when this will get posted, but the whole um, aromatherapy thing that you guys did mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago, yes. that was brilliant. See, I would have never thought of that, but that's great because another thing in my book is coming at it from every angle. I mean, like I said, the D-Day approach, which is just, you know, yeah. anything and everything. And, and you can't do it all at once that's fine mm -hmm. but if you're listening now and you know if you are listening you're already on the right step okay so that's mm -hmm. good don't look at it all at once you're not going to make this jump out of your out of your hole in a day mm -hmm. it's going to take time and just savor those micro victories and that's kind of the whole idea of the book is these micro goals you know surrounding yourself with things like your podcast mm -hmm. um you know and we'll go through some of the steps i'm sure but you know picking mm -hmm. the right foods getting yeah. into workouts things like that and once at some point you start to really stack these up and you're, you're going to leave all, all that stuff uh, behind you in the dust and it's, you know. And that could at the same time be one of the hardest first steps because I know that's something that yes. we've discussed in, in the program, in the podcast as well throughout is that I, I've noticed with Ajani is that oftentimes he can feel overwhelmed just because of the 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 vastness of the things that could be worked on or could that he could Absolutely. tackle but and then yeah that feeling of it, it, it people get can get lost in that and then just not take that very first step of doing the the one little tiny thing 
that can get you they can get the ball rolling there was absolutely i was thinking um zach there was a i, I made a lot of notes i i should have done better but there was a that kind of reminded me of um and you did you did a lot of great allegories like they uh you know here's here's sort of a story oh there uh there's a um that little i i guess uh we would call that a fable i don't know of the the cherokee um oh, i'd really like to get favorites. to that yeah that was really great but you do really good in like making allegories that kind of relate to um people but i was thinking about the one um when uh, your friend told you about uh someone who liked uh, rock climbing and then they built a rock climbing um um i guess enclosure or something like a, a rock climbing yeah. uh, wall. wall and uh, it was interesting because you were like, I'm not envious because of, you know, what they have. It's just because they were able to do it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can never do anything like that. So, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Sometimes I just look at something. I'm just like, oh, God, how could I? Um, but that that was also a very, very powerful part of the, I'd actually like to read um, this part really fast if I can. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Let me see. <laughs> it's in the the mindset chapter. Um, sure. So yeah, when you, you were talking about here, um, you that made you feel like you know I can't do these things. Um, I'm depressed, and depressed people don't do things like that. How ridiculous! And then this part like really, really got me. Um, as you sit and read this, realize that you are full of infinite, unharnessed power. You must remind yourself that you are a human, equal to all humans who have ever lived. You have the same brain as the people who designed the space shuttles, started billion dollar companies, and created masterpieces that have ever existed. We must never sell ourselves short. I'm sorry, just, it was great. It, it was great. I mean, I that just made me, wow. <laughs> it, oh, thank you. I, I, like, I like that throughout the book, you remind, you remind the reader that this is this is not it's not easy it is um it is something that you almost have to be uh independent about you know and take like you you were talking about taking um control of uh finding a psychologist and a psychiatrist i i actually kind of so i i like the structure of it and it, what I really liked about it was how easy how easy it was to read, and it, yeah, how it, that, it flowed very well. Mm -hmm. Well, that was the the ease was by design. So was the brevity. I, I made it as short as possible because you know, like I said, I was writing it for essentially eighteen year old me, which can be sixty year old you. You know, mm -hmm. it's not really meant for a certain age. It's just me at my you know right. when mm -hmm. I needed it the most. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, you guys know what I'm. Well, I guess your listeners would know too. Sometimes it just zaps your energy. And I don't have, I didn't have the capability at the time to sit down and read a 300 page book. It wasn't <laughs> going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I struggled to, to, I was like, you know what? I've got to get moving. I mean, I was just spending weeks in bed and I was like, I've got to get moving. So I did the worst thing possible was I'm going to make it through a full hour of the news. 
which was the, the worst <laughs> thing to watch because it's just all murders, yeah. terrible things. But it was like it was like if I can tackle watching one TV show, that's some growth. It was the wrong avenue, but it was kind of the right idea of of this of the smallest building block, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the thing you were talking about with the 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 rock wall, just to kind of put it in context, I was I was working at a record store, and somebody had told me that their their buddy was into rock climbing, and mm-hmm. they built this this um, like wall and they call it bouldering so it's a wall and then it's also on the ceiling you've seen it before the guys the rock mm-hmm. climbing guys hang upside down right and and yeah like i said like or like you said i wasn't jealous about the rock climbing because i don't care about that but like i was like oh man i'm a depressed person i can't do that mm-hmm. and thinking back on that it's like wow how many people limit themselves and how many people think that and they're like they say i am a depressed person or i am this like well hold on hold on that's nonsense like you can do anything you want. There's no rules here. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's, so sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Every time you talk, like, I, it, like things from your book are like popping sure. into my head. Like, that's just like in chapter eight when, <laughs> <laughs> um, you were talking about that the, um, I guess from an evolution standpoint that oh, you know we're always on the negative because of the of the stress, and you put it as you know when it, it's. Or, you know, it's, it's actually because uh, I think we're out of the wild and we don't really have, like, any predators to, to worry about. So what else do yeah. we have to stress about? Um, but our minds automatically go to the negative And, you know, we have some responsibility of, like, pulling ourselves out of that and just kind of kind of flipping that yeah. around. It, yeah, essentially, the, our hardware is built to jump out of the way of a saber-toothed tiger. Because that mm. was more advantageous than going and finding food. Because the food could wait, the tiger couldn't. So we're geared towards negativity. We're just built that way. So it's up to us to use our mind to decide where our brain is moving, if that makes sense. Yeah. Or to where the mind itself is moving, you know? Um, so we, we all tend to, I would say, I would argue that even people not struggling um, need to practice these skills of like steering their mind. You know what I mean? Where mm-hmm. creating that space, like with meditation, like I go into a little bit in the book, you know, creating that space between those automatic thoughts and the thoughts that we want to have and need to have in order to be more productive and more positive. Mm-hmm. Just something to be aware of. Yeah, I go more into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a mindfulness part where you um, walk the reader through um, a short, uh, what was that called? Trance? What is uh, uh, Meditation. Sure, <laughs> you sure. Walk, yeah. <laughs> you walk them through a, um, a meditation and um, there's part, I believe, that says, your your thoughts are you know going to be wandering around from place to place and that that's just expected and your the the whole point is to go back to concentrating on your breathing um and i i'd heard that before and i tried to meditate like that but i'm like i'm sorry i'm thinking too much stuff (laughs) like that seems really difficult for me i think because sometimes my anxiety is really high so it's just um Oof, but I, I, I've tried that once, but I felt like I, I felt, I felt, I guess, like too, too jittery. <laughs> well, you know what they say, if you can't do it, you should be meditating twice a day. So it can, it can a, be done. It really, it's a practice. It's like mm-hmm. yoga. It's a practice. It's something that you have to really, um, work on. It's, mm-hmm. it's not going to come naturally because it's not a natural thing. Yeah, you know that's just one form the mm-hmm. type that, that I wrote in the book is what works for me. But there's a, you know there are several different ways to meditate, and 
point is it's, it's going to, well, you know what? There are so many benefits to meditation. I can't sum it up. Um, but the thing is, I just don't want people to get frustrated and say, oh, I did it once or twice and I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I, I work at a yoga studio and people are like, oh, I hate Shavasana then, which is essentially a, a lying down meditation. Uh, they're mm-hmm. like, I can't sit still. It's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. What did I just tell you about that rock climber, right? I can't. No, 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 no. You can do it, but it just takes time. You've got to work on it if you want to get to that point. And it's, you know, any growth is going to be painful, right? So learning how to do something isn't going to be right away fun. It's You're going to fall down. Um, but it's always, it's, it's going to be worth the journey. So don't beat yourself up. You wouldn't beat somebody else up for being bad at meditation, right? So <laughs> take your time. And it's the same thing as anything else. Take those micro goals, you know, and... Start yeah. with one breath. And one thing that I it, that I kind of think back, or as I was thinking about what you, as you were saying that, is that oftentimes um, people can, you know, trying something new can also be uncomfortable, just because you're in a, you can be in a new setting, in a different mm-hmm. mindset, you can be trying something different that you've never done before, um, and so sometimes that uncomfortableness will deter people from continuing it because it doesn't feel natural to them at sure. the time. And that's something that you that Ajani has kind of felt before. Um, and it's you know part of the discipline. And I like that. I like the end of the, the intro of your <laughs> um, of the book. You kind of laid it all out for everyone. It's like <laughs> this is like here's you know there's no hidden hidden um messages or anything it was like this is what you'll need to <laughs> succeed um discipline patience with self which kind of plays into that um you know not giving up sure. um open being having an open mind and a positive attitude don't just read but study and that you know that's kind of goes into everything we've sort of been discussing up to this point is that you know you can read about it and you can kind of see a video or something but it's it's a lot more work than just reading or seeing something and saying I'll give it a try. It's about continuously doing that process until it becomes more natural to you, more comfortable, um, and then until you kind of, in a way, um, a lot of it is you know getting into certain routines as you come to read this book, um, and we encourage you. We'll post a link on our on our website and you know wherever in the descriptions as well so you can go find it um but as you read through it you know that's something to be mindful about is to not give up as zach has mentioned and as the book will illustrate this to not give up um just because something is a little uncomfortable a little hard that just means that it's worth the effort that you're about to put in into all this yeah, I felt like people were, were, it was worth giving them a heads up that it wouldn't be easy. Because I didn't want people getting frustrated to be like, oh, well, I tried working out once and I didn't like it. Mm. So I'm going to give up on it. Right. So it's it's not really uh, going to help anybody there. And <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> it's, like it's so tempting to do that, though. Like, <laughs> it is tempting. You're right about that. It's well, I tried. <laughs> it's, and it's tempting to, to exactly with any of these steps. Mm. And you know how this goes. When you're at the bottom, it's tempting just to say, well, this is my lot in life, and just start blaming everyone else. Yeah, just to stay and in bed. It's, it's easy just to exactly. stay in bed and sleep. I mean, that's, and something else to consider is, like, for, I know that for Ajani, well, you know, in, when you start dealing with depression on top of other things, 
it can add or it can it, the certain things can be exponentially you know exacerbating for a person like for aj with dealing with depression and bpd his bpd side also kind of makes him think into black and white mindsets so that you know it's either everybody's horrible or and nothing's going right and we're never going to get through this and like dbt is about basically like changing your your thought pattern sort of like what you're talking about uh when you when you sense yourself going down this road it gives you like a um a skill that you can use to kind of see that it's not the end because that's that's how i would usually see it like uh if, if I didn't win a contest, I guess, uh, if, I, if I wrote a story and I didn't win a contest, I'm like, oh, God, I suck. I'll never do that again. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it just kills me. But I, um, no, I mean, it's, it, you know, it might, you know, take you some more time to um, maybe, like, build up the courage to do it or, or something. I think that's fine. But you should eventually try to work your way back to submitting something or, or doing something that seemed like a failure at at first hey man yeah Yeah. and you know that's another thing too it's like you know we don't we're not failing in a way that i'm a failure it's we figured out a way it didn't work okay so like um like that saying fail forward fast right so you're just Mm -hmm. figuring out all these ways that something doesn't work until you get to the way that it does it's just kind of changing your relationship a little bit, which is a hard, I understand, you know, and I say this in the book, I understand you're not thinking that way when you're essentially, and I do say that, uh, you know, depression comes from different, different uh, things. So I don't want to say just chemically being told to think one way because it could be from different things. But when your brain wants you to think one way, it's, it's hard to kind of pull it back in the right direction. It's, it's hard to keep it from going, oh, well, I'm a failure and all that. But we're changing that relationship. We're changing that relationship to, to a lot of things. You know, so again, we're just figuring out ways it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's a much healthier way to look at it. And it's going to get you to, to a much better place. And it's, it's going to get you to make that record or, you know, paint that painting or do whatever it is you want to do. Sorry, I put everything in like, in like, um, art, uh, mm-hmm. like, um, examples because i don't play sports so it's not like <laughs> so i don't know like you know you're gonna get that touchdown i, I, I wouldn't say that so i, was I think <laughs> i think you'll fit just fine in, in these groups um and i i found it really interesting too that uh, oftentimes creativity is a, the best outlet for a lot of people to deal with depression and anxiety oh, yeah. and bpd so that's um that's that's great. I, I found it that really interesting that you mentioned that about all the creative paths that you have taken just in your own personal um, professional and uh, educational, I guess, roots. Um, well, there's a there's a, a theory. I don't even know if this has been proven or if it's just a theory, but that that depression and creativity, you know, tend to run the same track in your brain. And I should mention this. A lot of musicians I know are afraid that if they take care of their depression, then they're going to lose their creative spark. That doesn't happen. Okay, <laughs> Kanye West. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. What? I mean, he's like, he's the example, man. I'm sorry. It, it doesn't happen. You still keep that. You still keep that creative spark. I would argue, and I think I mentioned this in the book. I'm actually more creative now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, I don't have that that thing I'm pushing against. Yeah. anymore yeah uh, 
so that, that's a that's a very common thing, at least in the musician community that I that I come across where they're like, well, I don't want to take care of it because I'm this way and I want to stay creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was there too, man. I was there too. It reminds me of, and I and I'm uh, I, I believe Kanye West has said that he doesn't take medicine so that he stays creative, right? He said that. Hmm. I'm not. I don't know. Correct? I don't follow him. Okay. I'm pretty sure. He <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he did. Um, <laughs> um, but it, I'm pretty sure that I I've seen that Kanye West is. Uh, diagnosis bipolar and he yeah. talks about he, he doesn't want to take medicine because it will take away his Love creativity his and it, it reminds me of Adele when she lost um, she lost some weight you know people are like is she going to be able to sing the same you know yes <laughs> her voice is, you know oh my god <laughs> you know so I don't know it's, just... it's funny it's funny these, these associations we make right yeah. well I I'd love to talk a little bit uh, about the nutritional part of the book. Sure. Um, you know, we we mentioned a little bit, some of about the the small victories, the mindset, trying to. The, I mean, the mindset is one of the first, probably biggest obstacle you have because it all starts in the brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. But something that I've tried to talk to AJ about, and he's been very resistant towards. <laughs> that doesn't sound like me. Towards, uh, towards <laughs> this conversation is about nutrition and how big of an impact it can have on us, not only emotionally, but um, mentally as well. And, yeah. and it, it, it really affects our day-to-day experiences. And- I was gonna say, and especially he he talks about sugar, especially sugar. I think I saw a mm. um, a news story where they said um, sugar can actually cause depression, and a lot of us actually suffer from like a, a sugar uh, addiction, you know, because we. Right. Yeah. I mean, sugar's in everything. I'm like, I, I was thinking, okay, I'm gonna stop eating sugar. I'm like, oh, I'm eating this soup, and it has. He sugar says in that. It. Like, <laughs> he says that as he reaches into a bag of <laughs> after after this last Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get a pass on it. Halloween, right? <laughs> Can't wait. Um, you talk about you know laying off the sugar because it doesn't have any benefits. I mean that can be very very difficult because I've tried different like Splenda, uh, I think Stevia, Stevia or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all those and <laughs> so well, I'll say this: sugar itself isn't bad. It's mm-hmm. too much sugar. Mm. So I don't do anything 100. percent What I do is I eat clean 85 percent of the time. And the rest of the time, I cheat like hell because that keeps <laughs> me balanced, right? Mm. So I'm not going to go crazy and one day just eat a whole chocolate cake because I've been depriving myself for a month. So, yeah, so avoiding the sugars totally isn't the big thing. It's just mm. that we know that with sugar, it's going to cause some inflammation. Inflammation isn't, it really isn't good for anything. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Unless it's you're getting blood flow to an injury. Aside from that, we really don't want inflammation, of course, in our brain as well. And sugar is going to be permeating our entire body. So we try to keep that down to a minimum, but it's just like anything else that I say in the book. We're not going to do it all at once. We're not doing cold turkey anything. Mm-hmm. We're taking this one step at a time. So we're not eating any extra sugar, added sugars, you know, before noon, let's say. And then we're going to be easy on ourselves. And then we can slowly bring that back or we can say, I'll allow myself two sugary treats or, you know, whatever it is. But the point is really the, the important thing in the book is one of the more, more important things in the book is keeping that mindset of sharpening the sword. Mm-hmm. We don't want to give up sharpening that sword. We want to always be growing a little bit and recalibrating and getting that needle moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you know what I mean? Because like we said before, it's really easy to get down on yourself. And, you know, if you're doing this all or nothing thing, then you have a Hershey kiss, you're going to beat yourself up for a week. What's the point of that? Right. And, and, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, no, I'm saying it, as you were saying that, Zach, I was just thinking you have to be, I guess, I guess willing to change, willing to, to change, make some changes, make some sacrifices, some compromises. Uh, it's like marriage. Um, <laughs> um, but you, you have to be willing to to maybe like give up something for for the better good for your for your body and for yourself. Um, and I just want to say one more thing that I liked how you're um, saying that you should aim at having a big glass of water every um, in the morning, like when you wake up, um, you wake dehydrated. And water is the perfect addition to your morning routine. And so that just reminds me of Chris because he, I I have to refill this guy's cup all the time, okay? I just, I don't even ask him anymore, do I have to feel it? I just come into his office and just do it. Like he drinks Go water Chris. nonstop. Yeah, and I'm just like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and it's not to the point where now I have my own like little water thing too. So we're just like doing it together. Ah, see, but, positivity's yeah. contagious, man. Yeah. That's something that I've I've uh, tried so hard because he does not drink a lot of liquids, and um, he used to drink non I mean, non H two O liquids. <laughs> well, I had, I had carbonated water. Right? Well, yeah, you did. Yeah, so that's that's better. Um, mm, yeah. But uh, so so um, well. Let's, anyways, <laughs> uh, I, that's something that has helped. I used to be a Coke addict, but. Coca-Cola Wow. (laughs) Learned some real things tonight, guys. And, I mean, I I still am. You used to be a Coke addict. (laughs) Like, it's really hard for me when I do drink it. It's really hard for me to just have one cup. Like, so I just keep it away from me at all times. (laughs) (laughs) It's impossible when we get, like, a a Coke thing. I'm just like, just go on and take the whole bottle. You're just, like, pouring a little bit and coming back. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, it's designed to be that way, right? Yeah. I mean, basically, I think, you know, Coca-Cola did have uh, cocaine in it, I think, before. It did have uh, some Yeah, way back in the day. Addictive. But now just substitute that for caffeine. So... (laughs) (laughs) So that's something that I, I I implemented a while back ago, and I've noticed a big difference. And it's it, it's something that I've struggled with AJ because he his nutrition is he doesn't really take care of it. So yeah. I'm I've always it's encouraging to eat a regular <laughs> meal at least two, at least two meals. Yeah, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll forget to eat. I don't and know it's why. More of a balanced <laughs> meal. So for him, sometimes, sometimes like uh, a meal for him would be like a baked potato, or um, a can of tuna. It's uh, he has very low appetite. That's the other thing too. Um, and I don't know if it, you've mentioned that before that sometimes your medicine also. Well, I I I feel like it's always it's always been this way. Like my parents are always like, "You're gonna sit there and finish this food like everyone else." Like I'm full. <laughs> but I think it did get it did get a little bit more extreme when I was taking um. Well, butrin kind of takes away your appetite. Sure. Before, I was like, I was like forgetting about eating because I was like, did I eat today? So I have to like just remember, even if I'm not feeling hungry, to make sure to have breakfast um, and dinner. But I mean, that gets better over time. And I think Zach, you you were talking about medication. We'll get to that in your book when like over time, um, you know, those side effects kind of go down. Your, your 
Uh, you know, whatever, whatever medication you have, there's benefits and there's there's side, side effects. Um, but you sure. just want to make sure that the benefits are more than the side effects. So I can I can handle you know remembering to get something to eat, you know, because Chris is going to nag me. And part of it is you know it, it, scheduling it also helps a lot. So if you know at absolutely eight a.m. or seven a.m. the first thing bowl of cereal or something and, and like I like I tell Ajani all the time it's like it doesn't have to be a whole meal like. Prepare yourself something that it's healthy, and then if you don't finish it, that's fine. You can finish it later. Or, well, hey, you know, I got this delicious uh, smoothie recipe in the book that you guys might yeah. want to try. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Ajani loves smoothies, so that's that's <laughs> at least that's a victory for, that I consider a victory is that I got him to eat more fruits as opposed to candy. It's like how um, I think Zach, you had like uh, remember uh, it's it's different than a juicer. You have to leave in the pulp and stuff. I'm like, oh really? Yeah. That's like, what I tell some, you. No, no, I do. I mean, I do sometimes, but like, <laughs> I was just um, we bought like a cheesecloth. So I'm just like, okay, I'm just gonna capture everything. And Chris, like, that's all the good stuff. Like, you know what's funny, man? <laughs> you know it's funny. Eventually, you're gonna start preferring it. That's what mm -hmm. happens when you go from a kind of a crappy diet mm -hmm. to it to you know a better diet you, you start your taste buds literally change mm -hmm. you know and you don't want that stuff anymore yeah so you know you're gonna be like yeah man i don't want just the juice i want the i want the smoothie right. <laughs> yeah you have to those okay, yeah juicer um i i want to talk about the the supplements um really fast um, sure because this is always interesting uh when when we go to a um, the store and the pharmacy section just has that entire you know right. row of all this um, stuff that kind of make these kind of wild claims, um, you're not really sure. Uh, you know, you just take it with a grain of salt, I guess. And that's basically sure. what you're you were talking about uh, about here. You're talking about uh, vitamin B, uh, vitamin D. Uh, so if you have like a vitamin. Deficiency? Yeah, deficiency. I did. Uh, you know, people, people, that's pretty, not down where you guys are, but in the Northeast, it's, it's very common to have hmm. vitamin D deficiency. Basically, if you're like D.C. or further north, it, hmm. it's pretty common. Just, you, you don't oh, have this, wow. as much sunlight. Hmm. And um, I had a pretty serious vitamin D deficiency, even though I was taking multivitamin. Um, and that's another theory is that low vitamin hmm. D can add to depression can contribute to your depression so I, I ended up getting prescription d now i just take this extra d on top of my um mm. on top of my multivitamin which a lot of people in the northeast tend to have to do um b and you know is is great as well um and it's, it's also really safe because it's water soluble if, it's, if you have too much you just just passes right through you. Mm -hmm. Not a problem. Of course you want to talk to your doctor before any of these, but you know, my favorite in there that I put in there is turmeric by mm -hmm. far my favorite. And mm -hmm. again, check with your doctor because it, it can, I believe interact with a few things, but I don't think it's very much, but turmeric, man, that's going to get that inflammation down as well. So it's a really, really great underutilized supplement. And like, I only mentioned four in there. The other one was, um, was like a, omega some three. kind of an omega three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I only mentioned this before because we, we tend to get lost, like you said, going down the aisle. You know, there's that infobesity, right? It's just too much information. There's too much stuff. And, you know, eventually you're like, well, I know this one's stupid and this one's okay, but this one doesn't do anything. It's like, well, then I'm just going to not even do any of it, yeah. you know, because because it's just it's too much of a headache. So just, you know, those four, bring it to your doctor or your nutritionist or whatever you're doing and um, 
those four in particular are safe and they tend to really help out with um, with depression. And again, you know, even if it makes that 1% difference, it's getting you moving in that right track. And that's what we're trying to stay on that 1% difference every day. Yeah, well, I, I thank you for only choosing four. You know, I, <laughs> when I went to the supplement chapter, I was like, oh, oh man, how many is he going to do? <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know. I just have this, that picture of all, um, all that stuff and they just have like so many different brands and oh, yeah yeah it can get it can get and you know and like i'm a i'm a nutrition specialist certified nutrition specialist mm-hmm. and it sounds like a lazy answer but things like that everyone's different and that, that sounds lazy but it's true mm-hmm. everyone is different mm-hmm. uh, but those four um i'm pretty confident that's why i mentioned those okay. i'm pretty confident that anybody can benefit from those yeah and and yeah, we talked about. Oh, I did want to bring up really fast. Have you ever tried mel- uh, melatonin? I haven't. Funny you said that because I, I'm, you know, as we record this, we're we're in COVID. I'm I'm having a COVID insomnia. Mm. So um, no, I I haven't tried it, but I've been discussing it recently, and I, I will try it. Mm. Well, yeah, there was there was a. Part, I, well, there's a lot of parts in your book um, that I that, that I can think of, but there, um, melatonin, like when I started taking it, I it was working okay. I was like cool with it, and I noticed um, like maybe three days after I took it, I just got like severely depressed. Like, do you remember that, Chris? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have, and it was it was really weird. I was like, what is what is causing this? <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and it went on for two days, and and I was like, oh my god, maybe... No, I think you told me, Chris, because mm-hmm. on the back of the melatonin, it says, you know, talk to your doctor if you're taking... Uh, I think it says antidepressant, so I probably should have talked to my doctor. But, you know, it was actually... I have so many friends that say, melatonin's so great, oh my gosh, and they, you know, they take the message. I'm like, okay. But to me, for some reason, when I stop taking it, I'm better. Um, and it reminded yeah. me of a part in in your book. I think there was something. something it was St. John's Wort. Mm, yeah, St. John's Wort, and that was that was um, that's you know pretty often touted as a as a treatment for depression. And I tried that way back in the day, way before medication. And I remember sitting at a stoplight, and the best way I can describe it is I felt like burnt plastic. You know that like toxic smoke that comes off. Mm-hmm. That's the way just everything seems to me. We're just like, this is not right. Uh-huh. It, so, um, you know, like I said, everyone's a little different. So you want to you wanna definitely talk to your doctor. Mm-hmm. And if something doesn't work, when it comes to those kind of things, don't just stay the course. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not feeling good, let's just try something else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's something to, to be mindful of if you're taking some of these... Um, additives or if you do have he was taking melatonin because he was having trouble sleeping so that's why he ended up taking it but uh it's to be maybe keep a diary in or be mindful of how it may be affecting you so you can kind of keep track yes because you can get lost because he was just lost in the depression i was depressed depressed and also a detective like why am i depressed (laughs) (laughs) so in but if you don't have anybody else that you talk to about it and or who you see or you talk to on a regular basis you may have not even thought about the new thing that you're taking Mm -hmm. so for me that was like well okay let's look at what's different what are we doing what have we been doing differently than what we've been doing before 
uh, these this week, and so that was the one factor. So like, okay, that's well, a great takeaway. Let's not do that for the next couple of days and see if it helps. And that's yeah. that's something that you know uh, doctors have told me before when I started medication. You know, if you you know if the uh, side effects are really bad, you know, stop taking it <laughs> and give me a call. You know, mm-hmm. so. Um, and you know, we mentioned we mentioned mine my medication, and I you know I should point out that I'm one of the lucky ones who I don't have any side effects anymore. Mm-hmm. I did for. You know, for the first couple of weeks, it was really tough. I was falling asleep, um, you know, in the middle of the day when I was taking it in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. which was silly. I should have taken it before I went to bed. It was making me fall asleep. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there were, there were a lot. I mean, I don't know. There was a pretty good list of side effects. However, however, I, I say this in the book. I know people who did it for three days and they were like, I don't like these side effects. I'm out. Um, uh, at least what I'm on, which is an SNRI. Um, we allow no SSRIs. This is an SNRI, which is slightly different. Um, it was okay to stay the course with this and just let those side effects kind of dwindle to where, honestly, it was a full year before I felt totally back to normal. Within mm. six months, I was 90-something percent there. But I still had, and I say this in the book too, it was almost like I had to yawn or something. I would get once in a while at night. Mm. It was like this weird feeling in my jaw. That was the only one I had for you know six, six months mm-hmm. point on. I was like, well, okay, I can live with this, but then that eventually <laughs> went away too. Um, but you know, so I, you know, I don't want people to get frustrated like a lot of people I know say, okay, uh, it's been a week, I'm falling asleep, I'm done. No, 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 no. This is a, this is just a shock to your system. Mm-hmm. Let's let's let it go. Let's let it go. You know, of course, we want to do this guided. You know, we want to do this. We don't want to be doing this in secrecy. Um, right. We want to be doing this at least. You know, staying in touch with our doctor, and you know. Of course, proceeding with caution, but you know sometimes it takes time, and that's okay. You know, that's yeah. all right. I believe like the the medicine will usually say it might take um, I think like a month maybe to start feeling the full effects. But sure. It, it's um, I think it's really up to the person because sometimes I've taken medicine and I. You know, I, I feel the, the effects. I mean, like the Wellbutrin, actually. I was like, I had been like depressed for such a long time. <laughs> and I took the Wellbutrin like five minutes later. I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> but, you know, that it doesn't always happen like that. It can just take time. So it, it can be frustrating, especially um, you talk about trying to trying to find a, trying to find the right kind of psychologist, uh, the right kind of doctor, the kind of uh, right kind of medicine. Um, but again, like you were, you were talking about the, the allegory about building a, a company, um, or I think it was like building a company or um, building up your team. Yeah, um, that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey, it's, it's a company, team. I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> it is a team. Mm-hmm. It is a team. You know, you're the CEO, though. You can't expect somebody else to take charge of your mind. You've got to be the CEO, and you've got to be comfortable with saying, okay, this is working for me, this isn't. You're, it's kind of like you're managing a baseball team, let's say. You know what I mean? You wouldn't just let the team keep losing every single game. So you're going to be like, okay, we have our doctor, we have our psychologist, we have our whatever, this personal trainer, massage therapist, whatever you have going for you, you know. And, and you got to create what works for you, but you're in charge of it. Uh, I think talking about first taking the medicine um... – when you drove down to DC, you noticed that you were uh, staying a, a little bit more calmer than. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you said, which is something uh, that has never 
never has happened before the pills. Um, I still notice that I'm calmer when it comes to minor things like that, but not nearly as much. Also, insomnia would kind of piss me off today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I think it's it's is very beneficial to wait to to see the benefits. Um, and if the medicine is not working for you, let somebody know. But um, it's great that you were able to uh, um, see yourself as being calmer. Usually when I take a medication, I have to ask somebody else, hey, have I changed? <laughs> like I have to ask, am I acting a little bit better? Like when my doctor asked me, uh, because I don't know, I, I, remember I was taking a mood stabilizer when I was living with my, my parents. Um, and they, they were telling me like how great I was. Oh, you're not yelling at me anymore. Oh my gosh, you're so, this is great. You need to get off. How many of these drugs do you need? You need some more money for the drugs? <laughs> they were excited. So I was just like, oh, okay, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't notice until they said something. So I, it's just, it's a nice surprise, I guess, you know, when you're just like, oh, well, okay, that's, that's nice. <laughs> that you're making progress. Um, it's not, it's making it just a little bit easier um, to live your life, so. Just recently you had another similar experience with the new medicine. Which one? The, uh, the pink pill. Oh, the uh, propylol. Yeah, it's a weird It's like an anxiety medicine. Uh, this is a new medication that he was prescribed and he took it to the, we went to the store. We ended up going to the store, a late night run. He ended up taking it before. And so we were walking around. I was kind of in my head as usual <laughs> and um, thinking about what I needed to get. And so I was walking around selecting things and AJ mentioned, oh, um, are, would you would you like to get some pears or something? And of course, I didn't hear him, so I just continued along, you know, my path of what I needed to get. And then a couple of minutes later, he comes to, he approaches me. He's like, you know, earlier I, I mentioned something to you, and you ignored me, or I felt like you ignored me, and I didn't, I didn't blow up, like I didn't feel that rage. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, get me off of this stuff. What's going on? I don't right. recognize myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I was like, "What? I didn't, I didn't hear you say anything." It's, it's um, gosh, it's pro pa all or something. But it's it's something that uh, I believe controls your uh, kind of slows down your heartbeat, um, or slows down your heart. Um, so I would pronounce it propranol, 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 Oh, so if it ends in lol, lol, it could be a beta blocker. Yeah, I believe that's uh, what it said. Okay, yes. okay, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, oh, LOL means beta block, okay. <laughs> it does, yep, if that's the end, yeah, yeah, most of the time. Oh, interesting. Well, he, yeah, he took that and he was kind of, that was a, one of the few instances where you're like, oh, I had this feeling, but I was able to manage it on my own and kind of walk myself through it with, it was, and you mentioned it, it was a combination of, I think it was obviously a combination of the medicine, but also the added layer of the BPD therapy that you've been doing about yeah. using your stop uh, and your opposite action. Those skills. But I mean, it's it's just always tempting just to be like, oh, really? He's going to ignore me? Oh, we're about to have a fight, man. <laughs> I'm going to make you feel bad. How 
want you. You know, just a big drama. So I had to stop myself from doing that, even though I which, really want to. <laughs> which is funny because it feels good. Part of it feels good in the moment. Mm-hmm. Never feels good afterwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. It's, um, oh, man, I don't want to bring down the, the mood, but it, it reminds me of like, uh, like self-mutilation. Like in the moment, that yeah. might feel really good. Like, but it's just a, you know, afterwards, I... You know, I looked down at my arm, like the the places that I've like done that. I'm just like, oh god, what was I thinking? I thought maybe these would heal like a little bit faster or something, and not you know, not show up. Mm. So it's just, you know, something that I definitely regret. See, and that's an outlet thing, and we we want to change that outlet. That's one of those things, you know, because I had a lot of friends mm-hmm. who were cutters in high school. A lot of girls I knew, especially, mm-hmm. were cutters, and you know, we want to change. That's their that's their way of relief okay i don't know your particular case mm-hmm. but for them i know that was their that was their outlet okay mm-hmm. and that that is a challenge in itself you know what i mean you, you have this almost like a battle because it's difficult and you feel like you're winning but you feel like you're losing at the same time i get it we want to change that battle to um internal and external Okay, mm-hmm. not just a not just a feeling. We want to be making changes. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like another. Thanks for bringing that up. That's another kind of point of the book I was trying to get at. That, that's that's another group of people I was thinking of. Yeah, I'm I'm just thinking of when I was in high school. I um I knew of a lot. I knew of I I, I knew of or like heard of um I guess rumors about girl uh different girls that were cutting. And but I would hear people say, "Oh my God, they're just doing that because the other girl's doing that. They're just doing that for attention. They're just uh, <laughs> and and you know, really, you don't know. You you don't know. Maybe they are doing it for attention. I know that. I I feel like when I was doing it, a, a part of it was keeping the pain to myself, and then a part of um, and then it became trying to get attention because I'm just like, I need help and I'm not going to help myself. So can somebody help me, please? Sure. <laughs> you know, sure. I'm going to gonna destroy myself if someone doesn't help me, please. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, 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 it doesn't make any sense to think like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, it, you just don't know why someone's doing something. But that, that would always hurt me because it just minimizes, you know, someone's, someone's pain. Um, well, Exactly, and, and but you know, one of the one of the things that's a, a silver lining is we have that insight now. So that that's kind of a gift, right? Because if you took ten year old us, we wouldn't know why they were doing it. If you mm-hmm. take thirty year old somebody else, they wouldn't know why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. However, now we know, right? We're the adults, so we mm-hmm. have to act as the adults because we have to act. We have to almost treat like those other thirty-year-olds, like they're the ten-year-olds. They mm. don't—they just don't know better, yeah. right? But we have the gifts. We're the adults. We know. So that's one of the silver linings that comes out of you know our experiences. Mm-hmm. But there, you know, with that comes a responsibility, right? So mm-hmm. we, we have to kind of, you know, well, you guys are, you know, you're you're doing this podcast and spreading the word. I mean, um, I like, and um, I I want to go back to. Uh the uh the the doctor stuff really fast but um under the the clothes and grooming a chapter <laughs> is like <laughs> parentheses like a brief note <laughs> <laughs> um and i mean you're basically like you know it's I mean, not telling people to go out and and shop and oh, oh man oh yeah you know this i yeah this kind of made me cry 
this did make me cry because then you started crying and then I started crying. Oh, I remember. <laughs> Do you guys want to hear so that we can all cry? Yes, would you okay. like me to read it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, right here? I think it's, yeah, start right here. I think it's uh, it was pretty down cool. to here, yeah. <clears throat> Reading voice. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cold outside, so I took the opportunity to wear a specially dressy coat I had found on sale for a special occasion, along with a fancy watch and leather gloves. I was clean-shaven, had slick hair, and wore cologne, and halfway there, halfway there, I cried. I didn't just cry, I bawled. This was premeditation. No. Premeditation? <laughs> this was premedication. Oh, premedication. Pre-positive mindset, but the feeling was genuine. I am not the type of person who wears spit-shine shoes and leather belts. I am much more suited for jeans than athletic wear. This may sound pretty... Or petty. petty. <laughs> Listen, this may sound petty, but hang with me here. Like it's this. I I underlined that sentence because I was just like, is he really talking about his clothes? <laughs> and, and I think that you kind of sense that you're like, wait, 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 wait. I'm getting someone. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just thought that was that was funny. But uh, I don't I don't think did you read that he was in an interview. Oh, no. That was on my okay. way to an interview. Yeah, I just yeah. If you could read, okay. uh, yeah, that part. So, Hang in here with me. Um, <laughs> what I was wearing was just another instance of trying to hold up a facade. I was like putting up a bright face when all, of, all I wanted to do was run. I had done this throughout my entire 20s. Then tr when trying to find ways to combat the deepest, the, the deepest of my depression, I had bought a cheesy blue button down shirt to go to a club that played terrible music. I bought corny t-shirts with big brand names. All of it felt like ramming a square peg into a hole. And I I underlined that, you know, uh, ramming a square peg into a round hole because that's what my first psychologist told me I was trying to do. Um, because yeah. I was just like, I can't be like this. My dad wants me to be like this. And he wants me to do this. And he wants me to do this. How do I do it? I don't know. He's like, yes, snap out of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he said, you're trying to. And I was just like, I just like that, that this, you know, like, hmm, okay, well, I guess that doesn't work. Um, yeah, it doesn't all have to be a battle, right? Yeah. Like, just, so, so, if it doesn't feel genuine was kind of my point. Yeah. Like, like I showed you guys earlier, I'm wearing a Prince t-shirt. Like, that's much more me than wearing a suit and tie. Mm. And, I, and like, and I say, you know, to brief, no, because clothes aren't even, like, particularly important to me. Look, mm -hmm. if clothes are important to you, then go for it, dude. Go have a great time. And, and you know, but the thing is, be you. Like, you have to be genuine with this. This isn't this isn't one of those places where we're going to fight ourselves, right? The only thing we want to stay away from is, and I think I mentioned this in the book, is, like, we don't want to be laying around in sweatpants and, like, growing a big beard because we're too lazy to shave, right? We want to, mm -hmm. we want to, like, take care of ourselves, but... You know, we have to be ourselves <laughs> in that process. Yeah, that that the story of you know when you're you're just des describing, you know what you're wearing and and uh, and then you start crying. I just for some reason that I just really relate to that. Uh, I think it's because the 
um, the outpouring of emotions when you probably didn't want the outpouring of emotions then, right? <laughs> Go on to your interview, definitely don't want to break down. Um, but that when, when you're about to do something, you're trying to, you, maybe you were trying to push the depression in the back of your mind almost and just go on and do this but when when the dam breaks and it's just like oh gosh I can't even hold it anymore and I think that's that's why that really got me because I that's the yeah. best way to put it that was the dam breaking yeah I mean there, the clothes were, were just like that last layer yeah there have been times where I just I, you know I just seem okay and then I just start breaking down and crying because it's I feel like I try to hold on to a lot of stuff because I don't want to hurt Chris. <laughs> I don't want to burden other people. Um, yeah. And this kind of goes back to his, um, the doctor. I really wanted to talk about that um, as the last thing. Um, sure. Well, be mm -hmm. before we go there, yeah. um, <clears throat> what it's, so as I was, um, you know, I really like that, uh, this part about how you explained it and, and sort of finding a comfortable place for yourself. And not trying to outdo other standards that maybe you're forcing upon yourself. And that one of the, the I think the most revealing things that I that I walked away from college was um, social constructs and the, the concept of that and uh, these added um, how do you say ideas that we construct for ourselves that we think we have to fit or these boxes that we mm. paint for ourselves that we feel like we have to fit into. Um, and so for example, if someone's a writer, then you have to write or you have to write every day and you have to be published and you have to sell X amount and you have to have a, an editor and a publisher and okay, I'm getting anxiety. Stop. <laughs> All these things. And, and I mean, it can, you can kind of see where people can spiral um the same for me you know I, I have a fine arts degree um with a concentration in photography right now i oh, right of, on. <laughs> <laughs> um i kind of burn myself out with trying to uh, do freelance with photography and so i switched over to graphic design <laughs> um cool and oh the the constructs in sort of so finding a, a comfortable place for yourself um while trying to get rid of all these other social constructs and um or trying to fit a certain box that we may paint for ourselves i think i think college is and i, I think uh, you were talking about this too zach that um i think this was going on your first year of college i just noticed uh talking to people i think chris you've been noticed talking to people that usually in the it, it seems like uh, you said that you were 18, usually around that time, that's when um, an awakening happens. Um, I don't yeah. really know how, how to say it, but that's when s something happened that made me realize um, during that time, oh, wow, I, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing back in the past, but now it's kind of making sense. And now, I, and maybe it's because I'm, I was away from my parents or something. I don't know. I just, uh, but a lot of people that I've talked about, it kind of starts in their first year of college around like 18 or 19. Um, I think when uh, a mental disorder can kind of be exacerbated a little bit. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's an age thing or just a well. I, obviously, it's both. It's the age thing and it's the the 
post high school environment environment you know, it's, yeah. it's such a shock to the system yeah. you've been in this structured thing your whole life and yeah it's getting real now so it's both you know you're gonna you're getting clobbered from both ends yeah. i think that's what it was for me actually think i think it was the stress and definitely you know oh my gosh i have to do good in college i have to and because of that, I kept withdrawing from classes because I kept getting depressed. I'm like, oh, God, I'm so stupid. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's, ah, that was really tough. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about um, this last story really fast. Doctors in therapy? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, um, yeah, I like this part when you're talking about not lying to your therapist. And the... the, <laughs> the the therapist that you were seeing you took this was a professor that uh a professor that had taught you and then you liked him so much that you're just like oh he should be my doctor and yeah and i this this story right here yeah kind of got me it's like you he asked about your mother and um you're like it's good and it, and it was and we moved on and then he asked about your father and you told him it was good and it wasn't we moved on <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you uh you talk about how that that triggered you to the you're I, I believe you're holding back tears and lying to somebody who could potentially help you you said i i have i could have cried for hours but it's i mean it, it, it's just a, a great example of how I mean, you're literally standing there. You could tell him this and get it out, maybe get it out. But um, in another part of the book, you, you talk about how, how some people don't um, realize that they're telling like white, white lies about, mm -hmm. um, about themselves or changing their memory, changing the memory kind of changes, you know, what goes on or who to blame or, um, but yeah, yeah, I really, I really thought that was important. And it, yeah, it made me really sad because I I wanted you to say, I wanted you to to tell him, but I I do like um, that that's that's a great point that you made. Um, yeah, I think that's that's all. That's to be honest, that. yeah. <laughs> to be honest, you're a therapist. I just <laughs> yeah, it's all part of that facade, right? Oh, oh, I I also wanted to say I I don't want to psychoanalyze, but I I was <laughs> I don't know just because I'm a I'm a literature guy. I I thought. It was sort of like maybe a projection onto the. Uh, I'm thinking the professor was a male, right? Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, you you don't have a good relationship with your dad, but here's another male. Um, maybe you're kind of, in in some ways, I don't know. Maybe that's kind of affecting it or something because you actually like this. And I've had those, those kind of things. Like I have a kind of weird relationship with my my parents, <laughs> and it's just. I mean, my mom texts me every day, and. I don't answer. Chris, like, you're so mean. I was like, oh, you don't know. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> I love her, but you don't understand. Um, but yeah, I just, I just saw that as you, you almost wanted to impress him, maybe? Is yeah, that what yeah. it was? Yeah, you're, 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 you're oh, hitting something on the head there, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, it's funny. I realized that I think a year later. I was like, oh, I think I was doing this for this reason. That's mm. funny that you picked up on that. Yeah. It always worked out like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, you also talked about, I think you've said maybe three times in the book that, um, the reader should take the Meyer Briggs test, um, that you highly recommend that. Um, and I do too, of course. Um, when we started the, the podcast, I was AJ, the INFP and Chris, yeah, man. 
Chris, <laughs> you, what are you, INFJ? INFJ. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it helped me to learn a lot about myself, um, especially being an INFP and having BPD. There, there are, there's a community of, of people that actually kind of realize that those kind of seem connected, the deep feelings, um, how we, we want, uh, I think we kind of want just eternal goodness and peace, you know, just that mm. everyone not fight. <laughs> you know, I just hate, I think that's really affects me division and, and hate. I'm, and you've seen that, look, I'll cry. Like, why is it there? Hey, I don't understand. It just really affects me. And that's almost like the INFP and the BPD, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, because my feelings are so strong. Um, but on 16personalities.com, they have a great, um, they'll show you the, your strengths, your weaknesses, um, what, um, how you may um, be in a career Um but yeah, the Meyer Briggs, Chris has said that he he kind of feels like it's a horoscope. Um, but I feel like it's a little bit more accurate. <laughs> no, so what I said was, <laughs> I haven't looked at all of them. But mm -hmm. I, I mean, and I'm sure that there's a lot of overlaps. But mm -hmm. for me, because Ajani's would say something I was like, oh my like, god, this is me, this is me. He'd be like, oh, it's horoscope. <laughs> As they all, you, you're having a good day right now. Oh my god, I am. I, I don't know. I just, it, for me, it's like, it's, well, uh, maybe because, like, I, maybe I didn't quite agree with the personality type that I got. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're, you know, let's just say your I. Okay, so people who don't know, it's every letter can be one of two letters. So mm -hmm. the first letter, either I or an E. So introvert or extrovert, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you're necessarily, like you guys obviously aren't introverted, introverted. But yeah. the thing is, it means you get your, and the way they phrase it is, you get your energy from being introverted, which means, mm -hmm. um, you know what? Do the research yourself. You guys, you guys, decide. not you right. guys, the listeners. I'm right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I used it's not to... a hard and fast rule. It's just where you where you tend to things that energizes. That's yeah. It, it yeah. is. It is really. It is really nice and interesting to to dive into that. I was thinking. Uh, I worked at a hotel for three years, and when I was there, I would be um, very extroverted. I guess I kind of had to be. I was at the front desk. You know, hello, how are you? Yes, hi. Yeah. Um, even, even my voice would kind of change a little mm -hmm. bit. <laughs> and then, um, and, and everybody at work liked me. We all got along and they all hung out. But after the work day was done, I'd clock out and I'd go home. Do you want to hang out? No. Do you want to go to the club? No. My home. What you, yeah, people, it's exhausting for you, right? People, yeah. people ask me, what do you do for fun? What do you do? Um, I sit at home and <laughs> that's, that's where I am because I just like, I like being there with my cats. I like being here in quiet, working on some art. That's fun to me. Um, so, I, Chris, <laughs> to, to, to convert you to our side, to the believers. Um, <laughs> so, I'm an ENFP, and so is my fiance. And we both are notorious for starting, like, I don't know how many, I think I had six books started. And I had, you know, <laughs> uh -huh. and, but the thing is, I didn't, I, I like, it takes us a lot of energy to finish a book before we start a new one. Mm -hmm. That's an ENFP thing, man. Mm -hmm. So this is just so, uh, <laughs> wow, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> you go through. I was telling Chris, uh, I, 
I was actually afraid to read books in front of people. And this is why. Um, because in middle school, everybody would read Harry Potter. I was reading Harry Potter. It was a great time. And then it got to the Goblet of Fire and it was like a really big book. And everybody read it really fast and I was taking a really long time and people were pointing that out. And I was like, oh my God, I can't speed read like other people. Uh, let me not read in public ever again. <laughs> it made me so self-conscious even about reading because I felt like I wasn't reading fast enough, you know, uh, because I would actually, I felt like kind of reading the words and kind of imagining stuff, which I feel like is just my personality. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel well, like that's what just... you're supposed to do, man. Well, you're supposed to be imagining things as you read. You just and, you know, it was just a because... race growing up. <laughs> you're, dude, you're taking your time. You're, look, I'm a slow reader, too. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to defend you on this one. <laughs> We're digesting. Yeah. We're digesting. <laughs> I'm the same way. I take, I take longer to read. Oftentimes because I have to reread certain stuff. But I also, yeah. I'm a visual person. So as I'm reading... And, and Ajani always points this out too, is that I tend to read outward uh, or out loud. Out loud. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's because it helps me better visualize it. Also, yeah. I'm, an, like, I'm a multiple sensory type learner. So I have, sure. it helps me when I, when I see it, write it, hear it. Um, it stays in my head longer. Do you do that with, um, with Spanish? I don't, uh, I don't know. I didn't... Yes. You do? You read out loud? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so he, <laughs> when it, it, that's why I can't read around him because I tend to read out loud and he's well, just like, I don't like, know who he's talking to. to. He just starts reading. I'm like, what? <laughs> what, what are you talking about? But, but yeah, I, uh, that, and that's sort of another, you know, box that you were trying to paint yourself in. That you had to be a fast reader in order to enjoy reading or to enjoy Harry Potter. Uh, uh, that's nonsense, man. Nobody yeah. should be shaming people on their <laughs> reading style. Come on. No, I gotta, I gotta take my time, just like this, because I really, I enjoy your writing. It's, it's, uh, it's like I'm talking to a a wise friend, um, <laughs> and and I think, like I was telling you, I get the, the feeling like it's an adult trying to tell a teen something and. Uh, you're just like, please listen. Like, like you have to learn from this. And but, but you're being so real. Like, these are really um, things that that I guess I don't know. Fortunately or unfortunately, you pick up uh, through. Th this is stuff that I picked up through five uh, mental mental hospital visits and a couple of yeah. suicide attempts, and, and and it's just like you know, here it is. So I think that's that's really cool. You know that. Um, if somebody were to read this, I would say um, it's not going to cure your depression, but it's a great, great start and a great, um, and not, not a long read, and it's very enjoyable. Um, uh, thank you so much. Well, thank you for writing it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and one thing that I've, that I've discussed with Ajani, too, is that, you know, uh, a lot of these things are not like magic um rituals or super secret stuff that you know only very few people have uh, knowledge of um oftentimes they are just things that um once you once you get into the habit of doing or once you learn about it it kind of just makes sense and and the hard part is just doing it getting yourself to do it um 
intercepting. I think that the, the hardest part sometimes is is accepting that you might be wrong um, with the way that you've gone about doing something. And mm-hmm. that, that can be really difficult. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm open to that. I read. Mm. Uh, I, I, I love learning new, new <laughs> things. I love... Um, if somebody tells me I'm wrong, I'm like, okay, I love to learn new facts. I love to... Hmm, please correct me. I don't know me. about that. Please. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, you have to be able to... Um, I mean, you can't be right all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are so many different ways to to handle uh, depression. And I think this book offers... A lot of different... A vast way. If you, if you decide to, to take medicine... Um, you know, Zach gives his uh, his look into to medication. I think he even say, you know, it's kind of up to the person um, if they're going to take medication. Some people, um, I think that in, in the book that you said you um, kind of resisted it. Um, oh, so, yeah. Like therapy also. And you had to, it's kind of like you have to just kind of, uh, I guess, surrender. <laughs> um, or somebody has to push you to do it, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, it was, um, that was kind of, I, I guess that was the last thing I did, but I don't think it would, and, and, it, and it absolutely made a difference. It wouldn't have made as much of a difference, though, if I didn't do all these other things as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that's, like, the the main takeaway is that it, this is not a a one-track sort of approach, no. multifaceted. It is, it's not easy <laughs> You're not going to pick all of this up in a weekend mm. and no. or a week, um, but it's worthwhile and it makes a big difference in the long term um, as far as your well-being and your overall. Um, I, I think I've described it to you as like your happy levels is like, you know, for, what I've approached Ajani with is that our goal should be of living the best, you know, um, positive life that we can have, right? Yeah. And working towards that, um, to, towards that goal while realizing life is not perfect. There's ups and downs, but everything that we do should kind of um, focus towards that goal. And um, sometimes we have to cut out certain things that are not good for us, some bad nutritional traits or. Um, physical acts that we do that are not good for us, um, or lying to our therapists. So there's a lot of confrontation, but um, I think uh, the goal is um, to just never give up and to, even if you try, even if you try and fail, to get back up and and move the goalpost a little further. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's... There's one last thing I want to read, and no, um, that's it. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Um, I think it's okay. Yeah, right here. My point is to keep fighting, keep going for second, third, fourth options. It's a headache bouncing from place to place, but it's worth it. Just like a therapist, your healthcare providers are part of your team. Again, you are in charge. If you are not happy with an answer, find another one. Be relentless. This is a must. Tell your primary care provider about your depression. If they blow it off, find a new provider. <laughs> we are we are talking about your life, and we have to act accordingly. And um, you I, you had said that you went to a 
I believe, a doctor, and she said, no, I think maybe it was a friend or something that said that they didn't believe in antidepressants. Oh, yeah, that was that was a friend's doctor, yeah. yeah. She didn't believe in them. Okay, what? Uh, what do you mean you don't believe in them? This isn't God, and stuff. this isn't religion. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> she yeah, she it's said, medicine. <laughs> she, she, her thing was she wanted to make it the very last option. Ironically, that's what I did. It was the very mm-hmm. last thing I added. Yeah. But um, but this particular friend was really struggling in a in, in a different way than I was, mm-hmm. um, where it was like it was pretty serious paranoia, where mm-hmm. he needed the medication. It was like you know he he mm-hmm. could have picked up these other tips, and it, it wasn't really this book wouldn't really be geared towards mm-hmm. uh, paranoia. But that was that's what he that's what he was dealing with, and she was like, oh well, I don't really deal with medication. Where I was like, dude, I'm a regular guy. And I can see that you really need some help. You're calling me, you know, all hours of the night saying there's people outside watching you. Mm. And, you know, he, so he, he switched doctors and he, he, he saw a psychologist and a psychiatrist and he got on these meds and he's right back to normal, mm. right back to normal. So obviously these medications are working. Mm. So, <clears throat> you know, my, my, my point was uh, if, if it's just not working for you, if it's a, too much of a battle, Man, it's not worth the battle sometimes. Just just find another one. You know, mm. Somebody who's going to work with you. You don't need to work against your team. You know, they're, they're supposed to be helping you. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something that I've had to deal with, having psychiatrists that are um, n- not the best or having psychologists that are not the best. They're, they're telling you something or, I mean, one lied to me. Um, <laughs> but Well, that's you know, not right. Yeah, but it... It's sort of like there's sometimes there's like a courting that goes on. Sometimes you have to kind of search yes. around until you find the right psychologist. And I think that's absolutely that's normal because you know, like you said, Zach, you want to be comfortable with your team. Somebody else may be more comfortable with this person. You know, you may be more comfortable with with a male. You know, female. I mean, there's there's a lot of options. Um, yeah. Hopefully, there are a lot, a lot of options out there. But um, yeah, I like that part because. Um, the understanding that it will take time, effort, and money. Oh boy, does it! <laughs> I mean, that, that's pretty much what it takes. I'm like, I'm like, no, that's not uh, yeah. it. That's not it. Okay, wait, yeah, that is. That's uh, time, unfortunately, I, yeah, I'm not gonna wholeheartedly agree with that. And then that. I just, I just like how you say. I mean, this is what we call rational acceptance. Okay, you say now accept it. It's part of owning a body. I'd never heard that before. Like, it's part of owning a body. Dude, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's part of owning a body. I'm like, well, well I guess I can't do anything. I guess I am responsible. <laughs> it, it kind of feels like um, it's part of owning a body. It's like, uh, I don't know. It just, it doesn't sound like uh, a negative thing. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you are in charge of what, what the outcome will be you're mm-hmm. in charge of you know you have to accept that you are in charge of that mm-hmm. and now hey man somebody mm-hmm. yeah somebody gives you a nice new car what are you going to do with it okay well now it's your job to keep gassing it man it's your mm-hmm. job to get the oil cheap yeah. so you know that's part of it that's just part of the game right yeah and, uh, there was another sentence i don't know where it is but oh it says if you have the luxury of the ability to seek a therapist don't hesitate to try a few and I just yeah. circle luxury because, you know, I, and this is just something that really kind of gets, I, and I, I think you talked about this too. I keep saying that, um, but about how I wish uh, more care was uh, more, more readily available for people. 
Of course. Um, uh, especially, it, it shouldn't be a luxury. You know, it shouldn't be a, a, a luxury or... Um, you know, I, I feel like it should be a right almost, I guess, to go. Oh, of course. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, look, I don't want to get you socialist, but <laughs> oh saying, come on! Look, want... Of course, of course, we agree with you, man. And mm-hmm. it's, um, but but it's not that way. So yeah. if you're lucky enough to have have the option, mm-hmm. you got to take it. Let's say let's say it were a right in this country. Well, some countries it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, any way you look at it somebody's not going to be able to get it. So if you have that option, it's almost like your duty to, to mm-hmm. use yeah. it, you know? I like this book. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> I, like, I, I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I just, well, yeah, dude. I relate to it so much. I really what do. else are you going to do with it, man? I mean, look, you guys are taking it and you're doing something with it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it feels good when it feels like your duty, right? Mm-hmm. It feels good when it feels like you have to kind of spread the word. So, well, uh, wonderful job, and I hope that you're very proud of this because I think it would. Thank, thank you, you so much, uh, Zach. No, and thank, thank you. We guys. hope you can come back another time if you have anything else to talk about. If you write another book, um, oh, cool! Yeah. Thank you. Anything, if you, uh, you know, we really enjoyed having you here, um, and I think I think anybody would enjoy this book. So. Good job. Thanks, man. Yeah, if there's anything I do for you guys, let me know. All right, we will. Don't worry. We will. I'm here. I'm here. Well, thank you again uh, to all of our listeners. We hope you really enjoyed this conversation and that you'll go to Amazon and, um, and take a look at this book, The Official Depression Relief Playbook by Zach Rutledge. Yeah, and... get yourself some relief. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Adios. Thank Bye. you.